The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger, everybody. This is a very special episode After the Western States 100, I thought it'd be great to get the Adventure Jogger race team together. We were the the uh, the best represented tertiary running podcast race team at Western States. Uh, If this was scored like a cross country meet, we would have won. Yeah, there's not a single uh, podcast team that could have beat us. Let's meet the team first off. We got to talk to Peter Morgan from Phoenixville, yeah. Pennsylvania. Peter Morgan, oh, hello, Adventure Jogger race team guy, yeah. is right here on the Adventure Jogger. How are you, Peter? I'm doing okay. It has been a challenging recovery, to say the least. Yeah, we'll get into the recovery of that because you have quite a story that got you to the start line of yes. Western States. And then, yeah, I wound up like dry heaving this morning and went to urgent care oh oh fantastic how about the how about that peter morgan still dry heaving after (laughs) western states next up on the adventure jogger race team from huntsville alabama eric fritz welcome eric Hey guys thank you very much it's great to have you Uh, doing Doing great a, a quick question for eric you you're not associated with carrie long at all are you Unfortunately, there's. Carrie <laughs> <there. laughs> was sending me pictures because Carrie's watching the live right. stream. He's like, "Look at Eric! Look at Eric!" Which was so awesome. All right, now the final member of the Adventure Jogger Race Team. He actually is sponsored by Ultra. I just want to put that out there. He is a runner for Ultra. He was the 14th finisher this year at the Western States 100, but he does have an Adventure Jogger sticker on the back of the van he That's lives right. in. And he does have the Adventure Jogger logo tattooed on his left butt cheek. Kyle Curtin (laughs) is once again on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks, Ryan. Your spies are working extra time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we do what we can, Kyle. So, you know. <laughs> well, first, how's, that, uh, how's that hitch on the Prius? It's coming, it's coming along. I about got that thing welded up. We would have had that camper out there if it wouldn't have cost us $10,000 in gas to get across the country pulling that camper. Jeez. It's great to have you guys on. What an incredible day at Western States. Um, Kyle, you took what forty-five minutes off of your time from last year. You know, different crew, different year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Mm. I do want to say though that this crew got you M nine. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's that. It's can't argue with those results. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool was. We, we, we cover all all the bases here, and we've got it all over the pack, because, Kyle, you were the, the 14th finisher to cross the finish line of this year's Western States. Peter and Eric, you guys were both Golden Hour finishers. Yeah. Um, what an incredible day just all the way around. Um, let's just start with you, Peter, because, Peter, you this was, this was not an easy task for you to even get to the starting line yeah. of Western States this year. You had a whole lot of things hold you back this year, didn't yes. you? Yes. So I would say last October, well, I had, let's see, what all happened here? I had some pulmonary hypertension issues, which came up a cruel jewel. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, where I saw you guys, right, and then yeah. I was like, every climb felt like I was like a hard rock or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I would take 10 steps and have a breathe, and the first 42 miles are great. The last 64 were not. I finished. Went to Eastern States, made it at a mile 82. Same thing happened. I started coughing up blood. I'm like, I should probably drop now. This is not good. Right. That is not good. And I wound up in the hospital for two days, and there's a whole bunch of theories, but I fell into a lot of really bad drinking habits during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there's some thought that was related to what it was. Okay. So I have cleaned that up significantly. And then the other thing, well, actually, there was a few things that happened. 
And then after all that, I was getting a scan related to that. And then they're like, oh, there's this weird thing on your thyroid. We should get that checked out. And then that was thyroid cancer. Holy crap. Yes. So that happened. And it was that. And I always call thyroid cancer the annoying kind of cancer because no one really dies of it. But you have to take a pill every day. It's it's just cancer. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the uh, I was home from the hospital, recovering from surgery, and we're watching the uh, Western States Lottery. And I'm like, I'm okay if I don't get in this year. They made it to 200, and I'm like, okay, I'm not getting that. They go to get it like 207, and they're like, from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, it's me, or it's Andrew. <laughs> and it was me. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Oh. So, so you're recovering from thyroid cancer. You're in the hospital watching the lottery i was at, i was at home oh, okay but. so you're at home recovering you're hey, let couch. us embellish this a little right, bit right right <laughs> and and you're hoping at this point you're like don't call my name don't call my name yeah. don't uh, call my name and sure as shit they call your name yeah because i'm like i could go to yeti or something get my qualifier but no <laughs> so i was like i guess we have to do this <laughs> so i ease in my training i felt like it was going really well and then I did something absolutely terrible to my back. I think at work loading a wood kiln. And that sidelined me for about five weeks back in April. Those are lightweight. What? So, so, so Peter, you got the, the drinking thing. You get that taken care of. Thyroid cancer, you're, you're taking a pill about that. And then you throw your back out in April. Yeah. So and then one day in April, I'm just like, if I can run 20 miles, we're buying tickets and we're going. So I was able to run 20 miles. You I went said, to a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> you say one 20 miler is all you need to do a hundred mile race then? Well, if I could do one, I figured I could do more. <laughs> you just cracked a secret code here. That's it. Well, 20 miles. Pretty good. Holy crap, Peter Morgan. All of that. So you get yeah. what? Because you get what probably what about a month like six weeks worth of training in for western states yeah pretty much and then it's like where i live like the highest altitudes about 300 feet so that prepared me not at all for the (laughs) elevation that's all all you need i i was able to get in i did like a 50k and a 12-hour event like back-to-back weekends yeah so i got in some good time on my feet holy cow all right we were i was like all right i got in those two workouts I can finish this and it may not be pretty, but man, wow. What a, what an incredible journey to get to the starting line. Eric Fritz, Eric, do you, do you have a back problem or throat cancer? Right. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, thank God they called on Eric. (laughs) Peter, Peter, just remember you beat me too. So (laughs) not by much. Wow, but but Eric, let, let's not discount Eric's story here. Eric's Eric's right now in a very nice camper. I just want to put the, the, the that out there. Eric's calling us in a very nice camper. You, this was ten years of you trying to get into Western states, right? Yes, back in 2012, I went. I got selected at Western states, and I went to Western states. But two weeks before the race in 2012, I herniated a disc in my neck. Oh, and I was in extreme pain. I'm seeing a trend here. Only, only reason I went was because back then there was no, there was no deferrals. There was no nothing. It was, it was, everything's paid for. Might as well go and see what it's all about. So I came and watched uh, Tim, Tim Olson break the record. And um, our local guy, David Riddle came in 11th that year. So mm-hmm. that was fun to watch. Um, but yeah, it's been a long 10 years of qualifiers and trying and every over and over um, to get into this race. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did it, you know, because to have that, because the Western States is not easy. We all, I mean, this is the understatement of the year. It's not easy to get into. There's a whole lot of people trying to get in and it's, well, they draw your number now once. They, now they let you like, you don't have to qualify every year consecutively to keep your tickets and stuff. There, there's, right. it's going to be easier now going forward but for the 10 years that i was trying it was it was probably the hardest 10 years ever to get into western states oh for sure for sure and you finally get your number called how did that feel to get called again after 10 years of trying (laughs) um it was interesting when my number was called we were actually had this big huge uh cross-country event going on in 
um, in Huntsville yeah. and I'm working the cross country event and there's PAs going on and somebody texts me on the phone and said, they just called your name. And I'm thinking they called my name at, at the cross country event. <laughs> like, oh, I better go I check on that. I wasn't the lottery or anything. I was volunteering at the finish line, catching high school kids throwing up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so I, uh, I, I was kind of like finally realized, Oh, I got in. And then they called my name twice during the lottery this year. Cause I had so many tickets. Oh, they tickets keep, you have. <laughs> it was 128 or wow. something. It was, yeah, it was the most of anybody I had. Like there was like five of us or something like that. That had the most number of tickets. They called your name oh. twice. Everybody hates you. They're like, Oh, they called wow. Fritz twice. <laughs> I, I hate me because I mean, that, that second time they called it is worthless. Right. Like, couldn't you save that? for <laughs> save, save it, save it yeah. for next year. Put that back. Put that back. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, let's go to you for a second. You had, you, you tried for a while to get into Western States. You get in last year and you have just one hell of a run. I mean, M9 is, is a hell of a day. And, and you decide almost immediately after we're chugging beers um, on the on the on the infield, I'm there, going back on the fifth yard line. <laughs> that you're going back. What was it like having experienced that race in the top ten, going back the next year? I think you know it takes so long to get in. I, Eric, I, I tried for six years, I think, to get in, and then I was on the wait list to the COVID year, and so it got pushed back another year. So it's like seven years of trying to get into this race. And, you know, who knows how long it's going to take to get in another time if right. I ever do it again. So I think last year was all about just kind of absorbing the experience and, and just enjoying the event for what it is. And I had a, a pretty good day, but a lot of other people had worse days. And that was, uh, I guess, what got me my ticket to come back the next year. Which it's not a free ticket. They still charge you four hundred and thirty-five right, bucks. Right. right, it's right. Yeah. Like, you bypass the lottery, but you still have to pay. Yeah, you come back. You gotta pay, pay the man. Yeah. <laughs> so you come back um, and beat your time from last year, though. Yeah, I think just knowing the course and um, kind of being more focused on the race side of it and being able to train for it, having been on the course sure. before, and and also, I mean, last year Western was my first race post COVID. So they were like, no warm-up races, anything like that. And this year I got to race a 40 and uh, almost 60-mile race Nice before coming in. So I felt a little more tuned up and, and ready to, to go. Well, Kyle, let's let's be honest for a second. Let's just, you know, let's get real here. Let's This is just, you know, a couple guys Stop talking. Stop with the fake stuff, Ryan. You know, we're just going to get real here. You know, <laughs> you heard, you know, Peter talked about dealing with thyroid cancer and then throwing his back out. But that's nothing compared to you found out that that Pluckelman, Esther B, and Stafford and 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 their wives can't come they to can't, crew you. What? You found what? that out at some point. Oh my point. god. How devastating was that for you to, to, not, was, to not have your Clarksville boys? He was just lost. How was that? The emotional damage is just really, I think, uh, a <laughs> right? holding you back the whole time. <laughs> Man. But, yeah. It, there were a lot of comparisons years to years just going through my head going through and um it was helpful to you know be able to evaluate the two crews and and see uh who performed better do, do we do we even dare ask i i'm i don't there, even want to there's no doubt point. in my mind there's just no Stafford, doubt. Stafford got an invite to cruel jewel you know right <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i don't know if you guys knew this or not Kyle Curtin set the new course record of the Cruel Jewel 50 by like 45 minutes, and he was... He and was, got lost. He got lost for five miles. Oh. oh. Where do you get lost? <laughs> <laughs> right before you go into the park, a mile and a half from the finish, I followed the paved road down rather than oh. getting on the same track. Okay. Oh, because so I ran that all the way down to the way. park. Okay. Because, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because that was brand new to you. Right, mm-hmm. Peter. Do you want to yeah, give him some shit for that? See it one way. <laughs> right. Do you want to give him some shit for that, Peter? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> same things in my day. <laughs> All right. So, a lot of drama to get to the starting line at Western States, but let's kind of let's 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 go through each one of you guys. The start. What was it like for you, <clears throat> Peter Morgan? 
the gun goes off at Western States, and all of a sudden you're climbing up that massive climb. Walk us through the first part of Western States. It was a lot of walking. <laughs> because I was, the one thing I was most nervous about was altitude. I know it's not that high, but maxing out around 300 feet. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I, with a pulmonary hypertension issues, I'm like, I've got to take it slow. Yeah. And everything I read, it was like, once you get over that, you can push things a little bit more. So, and I was just like, yeah, it was amazing. Cause I had, it's been a long time since I've been up at that kind of altitude and like being around all those people. And so working. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're working. Yeah. You're all, you're all uh, good. Uh, okay. Oh. You're all good. Yeah. All right. So you, you, you work through that. You, you do a lot of walking. What was the first 20 miles like for you? Pretty, pretty solid. It was, I definitely felt winded. I think until about um, Robinson flat where things dropped down yep. and then I was like, okay, I can really get in some quality running here. But yeah, I just try to take it super easy and try to stay cool and take in nutrition. And cause it's different. Cause you were, you, even in Pennsylvania, it's a wetter heat in the oh, summer yes, yes. than it is out there. What was it like going from the wet heat of Pennsylvania to, to the dry heat of California? Well, I could not believe how hot it was in Auburn. Oh, <laughs> like, like it's like 110, was, right? That was, I could not believe that. Like, my wife was just, just like engulfed in flames because she's got very fair skin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's hot and humid here. But I was like, all right, I gotta put on like my black sweatshirt and sit in like a closed car on a hot day and get in my heat training that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, poured, I was like, I don't want to pay to join a gym. I'll just do this. <laughs> <laughs> how far, how, how long did you go out there before the race? Oh, uh, we got there. Uh, we flew in on Thursday to Oakland hmm. and drove to Tahoe after that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I always get very nervous about that stuff. So it's like, if we could be there the day before, so check-ins just much easier. Yeah, for sure. Eric, what about you? So this is 10 years in the making. The gun goes off. You before had to watch the whole thing. What was your first 20 miles, 25 miles like at Western States this year? So actually t- 10 years ago, I did start the race oh. and I ran. And I went all the way to Robinson Flat, um, but I knew I was the the gun was or the the horn was going off the thirty minute horn, and when I got to Robinson Flat, and I was just like, "No, this is I need to go away, this or I'm going to be laid up. Yeah. On, right, I'm going to be in weeks if I keep going." Yeah. Um, so I uh, I hung it up then, and that year was a cold year, um, and I don't know if so. I'd been up the escarpment. I knew that was steep as shit all the way up <laughs> um but yeah. you get past it and then it's nice nice ridge running for a while and that's actually some of the prettiest area ever that i did not get to see 10 years ago because it was entirely engulfed in clouds oh. um this year it was beautiful it was amazing so i was just enjoying myself for the first uh 20 30 miles just cruising along um the, I, you're getting stuck in conga lines here and there behind people that are going slower than you want the stuff like that and the trail itself is sloppy in a lot of space yeah. spots it's kind of annoying um because it's it's this rich rich mucky mud but uh but it was good i mean the first 30 miles i think went fairly well but then kind of the wheels fell off <laughs> we'll get to the wheels falling off in just a second kyle yes. you had seen the whole course before this is round two for you you've got that target on your on your shorts now you got that m9 bib i know the first year you did western states but you you spent a lot of time walking and power hiking the escarpment because you were you were playing very conservative it seemed like you were doing that again this year you were being very conservative up that first part because you seemed like from what i know of your running kyle and i know quite a bit you like to pick people off. You like to run your race and then let people make mistakes. It's, were, were you doing that again this year? That's the kindest way to say I start slow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Kyle I starts slow, year, everybody. We're, they're joking around like, what would Ian Sharman do? Ian Sharman doesn't run the escarpment. He walks that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I walked the whole thing again this year. And uh, I, yeah, within seconds of my same time last year. Wow. It's just, there's no reason to go hard there. It's beautiful. You no. look back, you see Lake Tahoe with the sunrise above it. And then, yeah, once you get past that high point at the top of the escarpment, it is kind of a little more like real mountain running, like Eric was saying. And your feet get wet, definitely. It's like running through little boggy creeks and all kinds of stuff. And 
um already you know it's going to be hot though so you, you like start dipping your hat in the water and, and your feet are wet all day for it being a dry heat you're soaking oh. wet almost the whole time peter you got something to say about that oh yeah my feet were trashed like when it's all said, like yeah, go go elaborate, Peter. Okay, so I mean they were they got it was wetter than I expected, but I knew there was gonna be some wet areas, and then yeah, like the last twenty miles, like going downhill was incredibly painful because I just had these like giant blisters on my heels, and then um, oh macerations. Yep. So when I finish, I go to the first aid tent, and then the woman's like giving everyone um, like a whole. She's like, everyone, be quiet. And then she said, fuck, a lot. <laughs> pretty amazing. But she was like, this like, is fucking incredible, guys. She just kept saying like, that. Like, what what, what am I to think when I keep hearing that? Yeah. And then she looked at my feet and she's like, this is the textbook example of maceration. There you go. And then my wife is just like laughing because I do not like to show off any parts of my body, especially my feet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she's like, gather uh, around, everybody. Take a look at these feet. <laughs> This is textbook. So they're getting better now, but I think they macerated and then they kind of bruised as well on the heel. So that yeah. was. So you just had a bloody mess. Yeah. I was like, this is much worse than my feet were at Vol right. State. <laughs> wow. No one seemed to care about Vol State there at all. No. <laughs> no one cared. Let me tell you about Vol State. Like, I don't even know what that is. doesn't care about it. Western States doesn't care about it. With what? <laughs> If I Run Fire doesn't promote it, then Western States doesn't right. care about it. That's true. And can we talk about why is I Run Fire not covering Vol State? Kyle, do you have any insight into that? Were you talking to Brian Powell? Nah, Brian Powell doesn't like me anymore. Oh. He told me I'm old and slow. <laughs> what? Whoa, 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 hang on. When did that go down? I think he said it kind of like how you are real kind about saying I start slow. Yeah, he said like he's... Well, like in the preview, the the Western States preview is something like he's been running for over a decade, but never really quite made it into that top tier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's true. I read that and I was like, damn it. (laughs) Come on, Brian, can't say something nice about him. No. You got you got kind of a shitty preview in I Run Far, Kyle. You really got kind of kind of the shaft on that. We used to be neighbors, you know that? No! Across the street from each other. How? Glorious two months. <laughs> what, what What happened during those two months where he started to write shit about you? <laughs> I, I think he's bitter about not being the third fastest guy on his street anymore. That's oh fantastic. My. That's fa- you see, it's the only things you get from the adventure jogger, folks. You're not getting this on Trail Runner no. Nation. Um, Eric. <laughs> so lowest low point for you on the course of we- at Western States, Eric. Hey, I mean, it's got to be right around the time Peter saw me when climbing up the devil's thumb. I just destroyed myself. I, it was that climb is insane. Um and it just keeps going on forever. It's uh, they, they don't really believe in switchbacks, especially towards the bottom. It's just kind of more like a snake that goes up straight up the hill. <laughs> so it's um, like cruel jewel. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but much it goes further. Up, yeah, it goes up for like two miles straight up. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, and it's hot. Um, but I was yeah, the, the climbs were killing me. I couldn't keep my pace up during the climbs. I could I could jog and run downhill and stuff like that, but I hit the climbs and I would just completely cavitate and fall off to the edge of the earth. <laughs> was so there, I got to the top, and just sat there for a while. Was there a moment, Eric, where you were like, "This is not Alabama"? Um, yeah, there was a, there was definitely a moment. I mean, I actually was telling uh, my fiance that ten years before, I was I was trying to get into Western states, but I was also thinking about doing Pinhoti. And I was more afraid of Pinhoti than I was Western States based on looking at the numbers. Really? Um, yeah. And now I've, I've, I didn't look at the numbers quite hard enough, probably. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now that I've been through Western States and it's, you know, it's probably been about seven years or so since I did Pinhoti. Um, it's, I mean, the climbs are insanely harder than anything back East. I mean, Grindstone had big climbs, but nothing like this. Nothing at all. 
Kyle, do you second that? Because you're someone who also has done Pinhoti on Western States. Oh, that's got to hurt to the Beast Coast ears, huh? <laughs> yeah. Mark, <laughs> times are gnarlier out west. It is. They're just so much bigger. <laughs> and where Eric's talking about in that Devil's Thumb area, the one of the photographers had a camera or had a thermometer out. And when I went through, it was over 100 degrees. It's super Ouch. hot in there. Ouch. 100 yeah. degrees. And it's that it's that it's that that dry heat that you're not accustomed to. I guess the nice thing is, is that you're not, you know, you, you, you the sweat actually evaporates. Does that make any difference, Kyle, the sweat evaporating as opposed to back here where it, it doesn't just, just sticks around forever? For sure. Yeah. And there's all kinds of creeks and stuff that you can like douse water on your arms and legs. Um, so it, there's ways to mitigate it for sure. But it's definitely very hot on the steepest part of the course. That mile going up is like 1,200 feet a mile. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that's a hell of a climb. Peter, was that a, da- a low point for you as well? Uh, which I say no. The low point for me was towards the end. Well, you're, you're going through the whole race and you're like, ah, this is great. Oh, no, I think I got a bad, like, it's a cakewalk. Really, really hurt. My feet hurt terribly. It, like, it was a flat or uphill, I was fine, but anything downhill was just extremely painful. And I was trying to move, and then there's this woman with her pacer, and her pacer's like playing music on her phone. I'm just like, this is incredibly annoying. What Peter meant to say was, turn that shit off. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then it was like my waist, and then I didn't have a pacer either. So um, then, like, my uh, waist lamp fell off. And laying on the ground, and some guy's pacer was like, "Oh, looks like you're going to need that." Well, I'm just like struggling to pick that up, and I'm just like, "Thanks, buddy." <laughs> I was like, "You can." But after that, I kind of I'm just like, "All right, I'm here. I'm going to finish. I'm going to enjoy this. I need to get my head on my ass." And but, but but still, all the things you had to 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 overcome to get to the start line, Peter, for you to go through the race and right, just feel bad towards the end, that's a pretty well, that, win. that was a low point. There were some other parts that are terrible, but. <laughs> Kyle, did you have any? We're talking low points. Did you have any low points, Kyle? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if you remember last year towards the end of the race. There's some misconfusion about what place I was in. Right. And, yes. Uh, a similar scenario this year. I don't know what kind of poll you have with Hal Corner. Oh, but I, at oh. mile ninety. Yeah. I go through the aid station, and he tells me I'm in twelfth place. Oh. Which. I found out later was not true. (laughs) I'm running these last 10 miles thinking I'm like, I can do this. I'm closing in on these guys. And I pass a guy. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm now in 11th place. Right. And like getting updates with people along the way of like how far up this next guy is. And at some point going up uh, in those last couple of miles, I I realized like the math wasn't working out. I wasn't going to catch this guy. And so I was just feeling dejected going along, thinking I was in 11th place and going be in the worst spot. <laughs> no. And then a little skunk jumped out in front of the trail and wouldn't let us pass for about a minute. What? Did, yeah, it, it just like at the point that, where like, if there was any chance of me like trying to go faster to catch this guy, this, this little skunk just put a nail in that. Didn't that but happen? That was not, I was in 14th place. As soon as I got to the last mile, and my dad had started running with me. He very coldly broke that to me, and it was refreshing to know I was all outside the window of being top 10. So, Kyle, back to the skunk. Didn't that happen to you at LBL on a night run one time where a skunk, you shall not pass? That's, that's, That's funny. And here's the true story. So it was Kyle and Esther B and I were out running the trails at night and a skunk crossed. And and, and, You go. No, you go. And Esther B goes, Kyle, go clear that skunk out. And Kyle's like, why do I got to do it? Well, because Plockman and I are married. We can't come home to our wives smelling like skunk. You're single. Don't matter what you smell like at home. I conquered that day. None of us smelled like skunk. (laughs) (laughs) Won't take on the snake. What what can you you say? Skunk. Exactly. He, He had, he had Kyle do it. Speaking of which, uh, Travis can't join us because he is out defending freedom right now. But Peter, when he was on a while ago, you wanted to clear something up about text messages from Peter Morgan's wife? Yes. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen today or not. 
He did finally find the text messages because he made this whole claim about being the wife guy. Right. She was yeah. super, super like worried. Yeah. Then, yeah. When you look yeah. at the text chain, it did not add up like that. They're calling shenanigans that, on that. Yeah, I think she said like maybe two text messages every twelve hours. Gotcha. I think it was the other wife that was that was uh, that was calling a little more than right. yours. Because you're Peter Morgan's wife. Peter Morgan's wife ain't worried. No, no, she helps me get ready and she sends me off. And exactly. It's take all care good. Of me when I'm done. You've done Barkley and all that kind of fun stuff. You were the you were the, actually the cover. You big guys may not know this. Now, Kyle, I know you've been on the cover of of hot runner durango magazine right which is a huge deal <laughs> and i know that eric was uh, was the most eligible sing uh, single for a while there on hunks of huntsville and right. i know that was a, a right. big deal for you eric but peter morgan was the picture they used when he ran a barkley when no one finished you were the cover child of that yeah. story i was it's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, because I was like, that was not my best performance, but <laughs> I think I was just there at the right time. And... All right, Eric, we'll go to you. Was there a moment, Eric, when you, what, what was the highest point for you at uh, Western States? Well, uh, so the highest point was probably those first 20, 30 miles running along that ridge when it's just beautiful, great alpine running. Um, then you're, then you're 70 miles of shit, basically. <laughs> yeah. it, it just get, I don't know. I I have this, my MO in the past usually was has always been go out too fast and blow up. I and don't just know hang anybody on. like that. <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. And just hang on and do the best I can. And it's always worked fairly well. I mean, not great, but um, much better than at Western. At Western... I was told to bide my time, take it easy. And I did. I tried to just take it easy through all that. So the first part was really nice. Um, took it easy and then just kept trying to take it easy. They said, don't worry about anything. Just get to um, Forest Hill. Get to Forest Hill in one piece. And then you can just cruise from there on in. And I tried to just hang on and keep my legs in shape and everything to Forest Hill. And they just kept getting worse and worse, even though I was going slow. Really? <laughs> I I just kept getting slower. <laughs> Did you find Forest Hill very confusing? I'm sorry? Did you find Forest Hill very confusing? Um, In what way? I mean... Like, I came into there, I couldn't tell, like, which way the course went. Oh, I had people around. Oh, My crew was, yeah. like, around on the trail early okay. the trail, down the thing, so I kind of had, had an idea. And I'd been there 10 years before, so I knew I knew what the aid station looked like. Um, but after past the aid station, it was kind of weird going down the road forever and then walking through backyards. It felt like right. <laughs> oh, on Cal Street. So like the, the, the Cal Street stuff is like you're going through people's backyards, huh? Yeah. yeah. Just at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the beginning part of it. Then you get on the trail and you're just like often. I mean, for me, it was just off into the darkness. Um, I'm sure for Kyle, it was very nice out. you were there at quite different times yeah. <laughs> during the day <laughs> peter and eric and got, got there down in the river <laughs> was it i froze in the river oh yeah oh yeah because it was probably river, cold what's up they advertised that river as being wonderful you see all the pictures it's the middle of the day and it's so hot there and it's so going to be so refreshing and what i got there at like 5 a.m and it was the coldest freaking thing <laughs> <laughs> do, do you feel kyle that you kind of miss out being so far up in the front that you don't get to experience the freezing cold frigidness of the american river Ooh. no not at all it's I think Kyle's Kyle's frozen. I think we lost his connection. We'll we'll get him back here in, in just a second. Um, what did you learn training wise, both of you, uh, Peter and Eric? What for for someone who gets in next year, for someone that gets their number pulled, for someone that gets their name drawn, maybe twice like Eric? What is something that you're like? You know, training wise, you might want to throw this in there. Oh, well, I blame you for this entirely, Ryan. Oh, 
Why am I to blame? Oh, okay. So last year when you talked to Kyle, it was all like you were going on and on about these like buffed out West Coast trails. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what I expected. Like I knew there was gonna be ups and downs. Like there was gonna be the burp, but I was like, this is gonna be all this kind of like smooth and the pine needles, right. maybe a few roots. No. Yep. So it was a lot more rocks than I expected. <laughs> so I like, definitely more, more technical downhill running. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. It talks about the West Coast is these smooth groomed trails and everything. This was the rockiest freaking trail ever. Um, really? Yes. The whole time I kept looking for those. The only time it wasn't like completely rocky was like on the, the forest road sections. And it was still rocky then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, folks, don't take our word for it. Kyle, you, you, you we've joked about this. It is not buffed out trails on Western states. It is a rocky technical trail, isn't it? It's just different parts. So I like to think of it in thirds where the first third of it is that epic kind of mountain running like Eric was talking about. You go up the escarpment, then you're running through this mountainous ridgeline. And then the middle third is just really hot canyons. You're going up and down these steep, loose, rocky trails, and it's really hot through there. And then kind of the final third of it is more through the woods and just really buffed out single track. That last third is where you want to save your legs and, and be able to run all that stuff. Were you able to run a lot of that hard this year? Yeah, I ran uh, Yeah, I ran all the way through the finish. I, I felt really strong the whole way through the race this year. Nice. I do want a couple of those. Yeah. I do want to go back real quick because you said about not knowing that which place you were in two years in a row. Um, I will say that last year, at least, though, that at least you you weren't confusing Pat or, or sorry, your crew wasn't confusing Pat Reagan with a woman. At least that didn't happen oh. this year. <laughs> no, Pat Reagan was out there, though. Was he? Yeah, I saw the stash there hanging out near Forest Hill. Nice. Very nice. Who are your pacers this year, Kyle? Ooh, uh, rough, uh, rough go for the pacers this year again. Uh-oh. We had my buddy Jack from uh, Tour de Jantz. He ran this 230-mile race in Italy. Yeah. And we met out there, and he lives in the area, ran Western States last year, knows it well. And he was doing fine down, down Cal Street and had a twisted ankle just a little bit before the river. Oh, you dropped him? And, uh, I ended up crossing the river solo. <laughs> and then uh, middle pacer, super solid again. All the way through, my buddy Ben, uh, who lives in Durango, he yep. took me all the way through there and knows the area well. And then last pacer, your your old spot. <laughs> Similar scenario. Going up to Ruby Point. You know. He's excused this year. It was just post skunk scenario here. And you take the gel. And the gel immediately comes back up and he pukes. And I was like, I'm not waiting for this. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting out of here. This is enough stinky shit for the end of the race. So, yeah, I just said to the aid station workers at Ruby Point, just just know there's a weird guy back there puking. So, so you, yeah, one for three pacers here. This is the second year in a row you've dropped two pacers. You know, what's the role of a pacer, Ryan? It's like to have you run your best race. And yes. I would argue that a pacer getting dropped fulfills that is role. Is making you do that. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel like I'm running really well. I, there's no downside to that. <laughs> By the end of these, you know, I'm a half mile from the river. There's nowhere to turn off. There's nothing I need there. And then there at the end of the race, a half mile to go. I don't need anything for a pacer. That's just the ego boost I needed to have my best race. <laughs> Eric, have you dropped any of your pacers at Western States? Um, well, I probably shouldn't say it, but my fiance paced me twice, and she was a great help. But yeah, I dropped her both times. She paced me. <laughs> and Eric, did you feel great afterwards? Or are you like I'm a freaking boss? I, I just am the greatest. Lady who hasn't ran a hundred miles today? <laughs> the only downside to dropping your pacer when it's your fiance is that you're now. I'm worried about her because yeah. she's back and she not really a trail runner she hates the trails and i'm going somebody's <laughs> got to go back and find her because you, she's you not, gotta you face know. you gotta face the music at some point hold on eric can you please take us to that moment when you did you drop her twice or just the once i dropped her climbing up to uh forest hill um and then i dropped her again at roby climbing up roby point so oh so take us back to that first time you had to drop your fiance because this is the woman you're going to marry. This is the woman that well he thought he was. <laughs> we don't know at this point. 
take us to back to that moment, Eric, where you had to drop your fiance. Um, well, we were going down. Um, this was after Devil's Thumb. Go down to the bottom. I guess that's. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's before you Bath climb up. To, it was after Bath Michigan Bath Club. Road. Yeah, it was before the Bath Road stuff. Though it was, we were we were still on the way down, and that was what the problem was: is she can't run down that soft sand, rocky, nasty, super steep shit. Um, Those buffed out trails. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. We were running down that to the to the river, and she finally says, um, "She's like, don't wait for me, just go." And also, I was like, well, okay, well, I'm going to keep going. I mean, she got me running. That's And I was not doing well before that at Michigan Bluff when she saw me. <laughs> but here's the thing. Because sometimes when women say things, and this is all dudes oh, on this here podcast. We go. Here we go. Sometimes <laughs> when women say things, they don't mean it. Like, like you know, like, Fine. Hey, hey, be honest. How do I look in this? <laughs> right? You, you don't dare a- answer honestly. So, Eric, was there a moment when you were like, she said, don't worry about it. Just go. What does that really mean? Does it really mean don't worry about it? Or do I have to worry do about it? Do I need it? to worry? Oh, no, honey. I'm going to stay with you. Um, no, thankfully, thankfully, I've I've been around the block a few times. And she's <laughs> fairly not crazy like some hey, of that. Hey, you're not, you're not married yet, mister. So. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah, she, she hasn't walked down the aisle yet, Eric. <laughs> she may drop you going down the aisle. Oh, oh boy. So second time, how did the, the second time? Second time, I was, um, I mean, basically we were, she started with me up there at, uh, I don't know, with the top of that grassy area up on the top of that aid station pointed before rocks, you go down. And, yeah, pointed rocks. And we run down in no hands and I'm just suffering. My At that point, I had started running and all the downhills with the the feet that had been wet so many times the grinding of your feet on the downhill the balls of my feet were killing me so we get across no hands and we're going on that gravel area and every little rock that's poking up is just killing me um but we're power power hiking well and i've got basically two miles to go in an hour to get there so i'm i'm like okay i'm golden i can walk it in from here and still have you know half an hour Ready. I've been walking like 16 minute miles or so. And, but then this is my no course knowledge. You asked this question earlier. I, those climbs, there's always another super steep climb. And we get that climb up to Roby Point and I just start power hiking up it. And I'm about a third of the way up or so. And I'm looking at my watch going, I'm back down to 25, 30 minute miles. And I had an hour to go two, two miles. I got to move. I st- scared so i started pushing my power hike and i never looked back I, she didn't say anything i didn't ask anything <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye <laughs> oh <laughs> she actually missed the finish which sucked <laughs> wow um but yeah but she uh um i got because you get up to the road and it still climbs like crazy mm-hmm. um so i, I oh sorry go ahead no Peter. go ahead I didn't believe how steep that road section was. Oh, I know. Because <laughs> I remember seeing like videos of Walmsley walking that. I'm like, okay, it's got to be kind of steep. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> like, who yeah. drives on that? It's it's like stupid steep until you're like a couple hundred yards from the track. <laughs> I mean, and I had no concept of it. But by the time I got up to there to the road, I was playing the game on the watch i'm like okay i'll make it so i walked it all the way in there hoping she would catch back up she never did she got up to the roby point and some photographers gave her a ride to the finish and she still didn't make it back in time um to see me finish but my brothers were there and walked me in on the track all right here comes the big ant- the big the big question who's more cold-blooded kyle Curtin, who drops 60 percent of all of his pacers at every race it doesn't matter is he more cold-blooded or is Eric Fritz more cold-blooded dropping Drop his fiance as a pacer twice. not once, but twice? So you're not going to air this for another month, right? So I can get married. <laughs> <laughs> Give you some time to think over what you're going to say, yeah. Kyle, as the master of dropping pacers, what are your thoughts on, on the cold-bloodedness of Eric Fritz? Wow. I think we are playing different sports there. Right. <laughs> I don't have to go home to any of these people. <laughs> Peter, what do you think? 
Hmm. That's a tough one. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's more cold blooded? Kyle dropping every pacer that he doesn't have to go home to, Curtin, or Eric <laughs> dropping his fiance twice. <laughs> Well, Eric had to move to get to finish on time. So mm-hmm. that's true. Kyle wasn't yeah. facing any cutoffs. If he DNF, like that'd oh, be terrible. Yeah, that would be. Then you could turn it on her, though. So you yeah, could, it's yeah. all your fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is on you, woman. Ooh. You caused this. Until I get in again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Eric, you've had some time to process this. Is she okay about it? And was she okay with you leaving her? She was. The only thing she was upset about was that she didn't get to see me finish. Okay. All right. But she was fine. She knew when you took you 10 years to get into the stupid race and then you had this potential you could DNF, she's like, no, go. Dude, just finish the damn thing. (laughs) Well, thank God there were 200 cameras there at the finish. I know. (laughs) Ungodly amount of cameras out there. Well, let's talk about finish for a second. Kyle, you finish you know, pretty early on, you're 17 hours and, and uh, 20, 20, 17, what was it? What was, it, what was your finish? 34. 17.34. And I picked 17.35 in the pool. So, so Esther B., Patrick, and, and Jeff have to buy me a good bottle of bourbon because yeah. I was within like 20 seconds. I had you at 17.45. Of your actual finishing time. But what, like, the finish line at that point is pretty quiet. There's not a whole lot going on. You don't even have Andy Jones Wilkins announcing at that point um, is there a part of you that's a little jealous that you don't get the love that golden hour finishers get finishing so early? Oh yeah. It'd be way better to finish with a, a literal full stadium full of people. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Great. Cause everyone's half asleep. Like when you finish, it's like, Oh, hang on. There's a guy. Well, coming. What? There's All somebody right. coming. What? Right. right. It's, it's like not a big deal. It's pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it felt like a big deal finishing top 10 last year, but outside of the top 10, nobody cared. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no guy. <laughs> now, Golden Hour is really special. I mean, I'm talking about. That is cool. Have you guys heard the story of the woman who was the last or first non-finisher? Mm-hmm. Yep. And going through her cancer diagnosis and, yep. and mm-hmm. still finishing, even though she knew she wouldn't need time. And it's really, a- really cool stories there in those last hours. Well, and that's where you know Peter and Eric finished. Peter. That golden hour finish for you, what was that like? You finally get all those climbs done, and then you get onto the track at, at Placer High School. I never intended to finish in the golden hour, but in the last few miles, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just like, my goal was to go there to finish and not wind up in the hospital. But what was it like? I mean, you, did, 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 at that, that point, was great, I was just like, my wife and daughter met me there, and we ran like the last like lap on the track together. Which I will say, but real quick, Peter, you do have the best entrance photo. Because if you see Peter's photo, you see Peter with his daughter in the photo. Oh. Oh, that's what your number, the number before the race? Yeah, the number. Oh, yes, that one. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I didn't realize they were going to do that. And then, like, (laughs) they took a photo of her there. And then they're like, "Oh, here you go." And but I'm no, like, seriously, okay. look it up. Eric looks like a like a like a like a college professor. <laughs> Peter Morgan looks like the best dad ever, and Kyle looks like they just interrupted a bong rip in his <laughs> in his photo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you had that going, but but anyway, oh, oh there it is, right there. <laughs> Oh, I wish this was video, folks. I really do. So you could have seen that. But Peter, back back to, back to you and your finishing. Finishing that race, all you had to go through to get there, all of the, the struggles of the year, and to be able to run that with your wife and daughter in the golden hour, what was that like? That was, that was very probably one of the most emotional finishes I've ever had. You looked at it. I mean, especially watching the video and stuff. That was a big uh, deal for you. It was because I'm just like... Yeah, talking to people occasionally, you know, you chat with people. I talked about kind of like last year and all that. Um, I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then I did. And mm. Yeah, incredible yeah, finish. I was down in the hospital. I'm like, I don't think Eleanor had ever seen me finish. She'd never seen me finish 100 before. My wife had seen a few. But yeah, that's awesome. I mean, she likes to be there, but I'm like, I don't care if you see it or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- so that was great for to have everyone there and with everything that's happened with last year. So. Mm. 
Yeah, the, the the definite exciting finish and, and was fun to watch. Yeah, because everyone was like, I hope they're there. I hope they're there. <laughs> right, right. Where you have Eric who dropped, left his fiance behind. Right. He's like, I don't know who's going to be there. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, imagine them like, not find a parking spot. Right. I just finish on my own. It's, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, that worked out perfectly. Uh, it's not cool. like Eleanor was just going to run with me, but she wouldn't let go of my wife's hand. So we all ran in together. <laughs> That's good. Jeff? No, I was, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, okay. I was going to go to Eric. Eric, for you, finishing in that golden hour, what was it like running around that track when you got a stadium full of people? Kyle Curtin at this point has had a meal, a he's shower. had a shower, and he's had a, he's had a nap and a bong rip, and then but he's there to see you. What was it like finishing in that golden hour? It was amazing. There's nothing like that. I mean, I've been doing this for a lot of years, and that finish, everybody there is clapping specifically for you, and they're all the most enthusiastic crowd you've ever seen in this sport in my in my life um but yeah it was pretty amazing but i i got to that track and my brother's like all right go run finish it on the track and i was like hell no i'm walking i I'm walked walking every single it. step <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not in doubt now i don't care i'm walking every step and getting to that finish <laughs> wow. but yeah it was pretty awesome were you confused by the t-shirt the t-shirt the 29 hour t-shirt i didn't get one I, I didn't even hear about that till late much later nobody ever gave me one or somebody oh, said i got one i was <laughs> i was like i don't understand what this is you got a 29 yeah. hour shirt yes nice well, i will show it to you but i have no idea where it is right now it's somewhere kyle did they give you a 17 hour shirt no although western states does hook up the swag like what did you get slippers, for swag and some uh flip-flop slipper things and oh yeah shirts and shoes and i don't know anything you'd want from a race i feel like they got backpack all kinds of stuff so almost makes 435 bucks worth it you know (laughs) unrelated to the finish but kyle you have a, a dog named tommy and i understand he went missing at some point during the race he has a lot of fans and I imagine this is how celebrities feel, but I, he essentially got kidnapped for a little while. Oh, no. what? His protectors weren't aware of where he was. Um, luckily, I never figured. I didn't know there was any kind of problem until late after the race. But yeah, a little uh, just missing dog scenario there a for a little while. But actually, it was just a miscommunication. Just a dog loved too much by too many people. Tommy is loved by a whole lot of people. You do have a quite an incredible dog. Who's not? He's not so young anymore. Tommy's seen some stuff. He's senior. He's as old as Jeff. And I'm years. telling you, he is. <laughs> I remember going to Kyle's house years ago and Tommy eating out of the garbage can. Tommy is <laughs> Tommy's dog's dog. He may be a little dog, but that's a man's dog right there. <laughs> that's right, baby. We love that. We love. Is he is he in the camper right now? Yeah, yeah. He's hanging out here uh, next to my sweet Hoka sliders. Nice. There he is. Oh, God. I love that dog. What a sweet dog. Um, buckle wise. Line, buddy. Uh, you know what? He's yours. We're not going to take him. But, but Evelyn, who is now a teenager, by the way, she's 15. She would still babysit Tommy anytime. All right. So you've got a babysitter in Clarksville. Buckle wise. Kyle, this is your second silver buckle. You got, you got, you got doubles of the thing. But does each buckle have a different meaning to you? Sure, there are different experiences, different races. Um, it's a top-notch buckle, though. It's quite shiny and pretty iconic. Have you mixed that's, them up? That's the five-star buckle to beat. <laughs> Have you mixed them up at all? Do you not know which one is which now? Uh, they engraved them. Uh, so as you're finishing, there's a guy working overtime to engrave all the buckles with uh, your year and name, I think. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so an hour after all the golden hour finishers are done, he's done engraving, and they start the buckle ceremony, give him all buckles out to all finishers personally engraved very cool the swag at this race is top notch i'm telling you are you going back just because are you trying to go back just because of the swag kyle i'll put my name in again all right all right i don't know if i want to race a golden ticket race those are hard yeah they are yes they are and as brian powell says in a very nice way you're old too slow and you're slow (laughs) (laughs) what about you eric what does this buckle mean to you Oh, this buckle means a lot, especially when I, at mile 45 and 50, when I was sitting there going, I'm going to 
not make it after 10 freaking years i'm gonna not get a buckle at all um yeah it's it's a pretty special buckle um it's i think it's my 10th buckle are um you, so mm-hmm. are you gonna wear it to the wedding uh that's a good thought i might do that <laughs> you think your soon-to-be wife would look at that buckle and remember the time that she couldn't right <laughs> you fully? She'd be like, how dare you Here's a reminder of your failure. Podcast, you know, we won't think about that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just have her, you can't listen to it. Just say, oh, no, that 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 podcast hasn't been released yet at all. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't on that one. What are you talking about? Absolutely. Uh, Peter, what about you? What does this buckle mean to you? Uh, Well, I first heard about like uh, Western States was, I think, 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. Like running across country, like some of the guys, who was it? It was like, Oh, Josh Combo and Wesley Blankenship, because you guys all know them. Yeah. But uh, they were talking about like the Western States 100 mile endurance run. And I was always interested in going like much further than uh, the cross country distances. Yeah. Uh, and I'd always got to pique my interest. And then I was like, okay. And once I got back into running many years later, I was like, all right, I'll do Vermont and qualify. And five years later, I finally get in. <laughs> um so uh, something that's kind of like a lifelong thing to want that to happen and then just like with all the stuff that's happened over last year it really means a lot but compared to the cruel jewel buckle it's very dainty it's as it's true right. the, the cruel jewel buckle is big it's huge. I know, because i've been wearing it's the cruel jewel one and i put on the uh, western states one i'm like this feels like nothing <laughs> the cruel jewel is a wwf championship belt yeah but, like, i got it here <laughs> let me see it Oh like, yeah, that look at yeah. I mean, this is just a good. Look at the size of that dinner plate, Kyle. Are you going back? To, are you, geez, you got the course record for the fifty. Are you gonna go get that dinner plate buckle next year? Ooh. Oh yeah, you have the belt and the buckle. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the fifty gave a, a belt to me at the finish line, which was pretty nice. You know, I got all these buckles, but no belt to put them on. So now you got a belt. You got to get that, but you got to go for the top notch swag this spring. Yeah. Top notch. That's the, the moral of the story. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for repping. It was cool to watch the feed and see Peter Morgan rocking that adventure jogger right. race team. Jersey looks good on you, Peter. Oh, thank you. It's the only white shirt I wear. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause you really said, can I get it in any other color? I'm like, no, yeah, it, comes in white. <laughs> it worked. It worked out well with the weather. But. Okay, good. We're into white watches and white tees. Exactly. Eric, it was cool to see you too. Carrie long kept sending me photos like, look at Eric. He's got his Jersey. Thank you for repping the podcast out there. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate it. Looks good on you. Thank you. All right. It I, is, I agree with him on the white, though. You need another color. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and get orange. I think we'll, we'll try, we'll try <laughs> okay. and go with orange next time. That'll help. Uh, hang on. Co- Cohen's been listening to this whole, this whole podcast. You're my son, Cohen, who, if you listen to a past episode, just finished his first ultra at to- the uh, Mid-State Mile. So he's got something to say here. He's off camera, but he's got something to say. Um, I think the jersey would look nice in black as the main color. But I also really like his story on cross country because I also found that now sort of moving into college that I want to run farther. Luckily, my college NAIA will allow me to run a half marathon for track and that's the farthest distance they'll let us go for NAIA, I believe. But yeah, I think they should do black instead of white. Oh. What do you think, boys? Western States is freaking hot. I'm not wearing black. <laughs> yeah. That's now, long sleeve well, winter color. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, for the uh, cold twat. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Which, by the way, you're a twat finisher, Peter Morgan. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah, two time finisher. Two time twat finisher, which is impressive. Um, Cohen, do you, are you going to get into the pacing game? And do you think Kyle could drop you as a pacer? Um, I will get in the pacing game. And I. I do. I believe that I will not get dropped because I'll force myself not to. Get oh, dropped. here we go. <laughs> oh, it's on now. Okay, Kyle. You know what that means? You have to. You have to do a race. You have to do a hundred mile race next year that requires pacers. Um, what's the one out by my parents? Aaron Saf puts on. Uh, of Hellbender. Hellbender. Yeah. There oh. we go. Oh, oh, is that still happening? I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. I always heard like it's on. It's off. It's on. It's off. So wait. I are- paid for it a few years ago. 
Well, then I think you, I, you gave them their money. Maybe you can get that, a, that entry. That's like an unlimited entry. Never expires. <laughs> so, yeah. right. All right, everybody. You heard it here. Kyle Curtin could run Hellbender. And if he does run Hellbender, he's going to try and drop my son, Cohen. So you're going to get dropped? Are you going to get dropped at Hellbender? Um, no. Oh. Kyle, are you going to drop him at Hellbender? Oh, jeez. I can't. Like he's faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. He's a collegiate athlete. We're freaking scrubs running the right, yeah. Nobody cares. This is a bunch of old dudes running. It's not a real competitive sport. You're what Brian Powell calls old and slow in right, a very yeah. nice way. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much again for repping the, the adventure jogger out there. Kyle, you didn't rep us, but but uh, Peter and Eric did. You looked really cool. to pry, buddy. You can, exactly. Exactly. I'm not giving you any money, but I did notice that you did order some stickers, <laughs> so I'm hoping that one of those stickers goes on the back of the van. Yeah. Put it on there. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. Thank everybody for listening to the Adventure Jogger. Theadventurejogger.com. You can go get a race team jersey just like Peter and Eric. It's only available in white, much to Peter's chagrin. <laughs> but if Peter was able to run for 30 hours in it and still look as good as he looked it at the finish. It can't be that bad. Exactly. It can't be that bad, Peter. The quality is very nice. It was not cheap, but the quality is very good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's not cheap. You'll find out how not cheap it is at theadventurejogger.com. Thank you so much, guys. Great talking to you. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah.